Welcome to the 319th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on January 15th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's looking at things in a new way, Carlos Rodella. What? That's the intro? That's, I, I had limited time, dude. Oh, my goodness. What? What's the new way? I have no idea. I don't know. I just thought it sounded good. Okay. I'm gonna Hold on. Let me do it real quick. Um, whoa, dude. Everything's in 3D. Do you notice that? It's crazy. <laughs> so it's you're a like totally a different way to... A kid from the 50s putting on red and blue glasses for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Life is so weird. It's like a different way of looking at it. I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. We yes ended our way through that, and we're going to move on and to on. the main portion of the show. The, folks, uh, we know we were really late with the last episode, but I think we're basically back on schedule. So you're going to get this episode a little sooner than you normally would, but I think uh, hopefully you're not going to complain. I mean, I feel bad if you complain. You got too much of us. That would make me feel kind of bad. So don't don't complain. Uh, just be, I guess, just join us for a day. We'll have a nice day, and then we'll get back to our normal weekly routine starting now. Uh, let's just get right into it. I got a bunch of stuff to talk about, Carlos. I know you got some stuff. Uh, but before we get to any of that stuff, we got to do our housekeeping. As everyone knows, it's you and me sharing a virtual living space divided down the middle of the strip of duct tape. That's right. It is housekeeping. Uh Carlos, what do you got this week, man? Oh, and when is our roguelike discussion going to happen? You know, I was going to... Okay, so I guess I'll go first on housekeeping. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, didn't I, know because I have I have a short little list, but I don't know if we were well, doing okay. that this episode. So, things are a little bit off kilter this week, kind of because we're getting back on schedule, and plus life's been a little bit cray-cray behind the scenes here. So I, I do want to give a shout uh, because it was Greg Killmaster, I believe, who wanted us to do uh, a quickie roguelike episode. And in fact, we were gearing up to do not a whole episode, but we were going to do like a chunk of it today. But then I got off track. And so maybe we're going to do it next week. I think I'll have to schedule it for next week. We were going to do the roguelike stuff. And then we were also going to do the bedtime stuff because we had a request to do bedtime games as well. And I had some stuff written down. But I feel like because I got off to a rough start this morning, I, I'm not 100% prepared. Okay. And I want to do it properly. So how about next week? Next week is fine. I just want to mention the, there's one game that I guess was just listed as a roguelike. It's called New uh, Bravery and Greed. Bravery and Greed? Is it new or is it old? It's new. And huh. it's co-op. That's the only reason I didn't uh, pick it up. But I think you can do single player. I'll look it up right now. Um, and so maybe we both of us could play it for that episode. Okay, I'm going to write that down. I haven't heard of that one. And it's a roguelike. Bravery. I'm going to look at it real quick. I assume you're looking at the PlayStation Store? Yeah, I mean, it's other places, I think. It's everywhere. It, it's uh, it's on Steam. It says it's cooperative. Cooperative? That's not a word. Single player. <laughs> I like that. Wait, cooperative is the name of the podcast. That could be. I was just thinking that. Um. And by the way, sorry, everybody listening, I have low energy today, but it's okay. Um, cooperative. And so then, yeah, it's Bravery and Greed. It's new. came out in November of last year. So pretty new. I mean, it probably yeah. just got lost in the Q4 shuffle. And run around in like fantasy and funny monsters. Uh, I mean, it looks pretty damn good. I mean, I like fantasy. I like running around. That sounds like it's right up my alley. I mean, I don't like running around in real life because I just get out of breath and tired, but <laughs> I have to work out more. Uh, anyways, check it out. There's also a PvP and Horde mode. What the hell? Interesting. Um, interesting. So we'll add we'll that, maybe. Out. We'll check it out. And speaking of working out, just as a really quick tangent, uh, I had to go actually shovel some hay yesterday. Uh, I don't do that often, and we don't have a lot of hay, but we have chickens. I think most people know I have a lot of chickens in the backyard. We have 12. 
and we have a big yard and I had to go shovel some hay and I almost died, dude. I was like, number one, hay looks all fluffy and like yellow and light and looks fun and you jump into a bale of it and stuff. Fuck that. That shit's scratchy. It's terrible. It's annoying. It's terrible. It's fucking awful. And when it gets rained on, it absorbs that water like a sponge and it becomes like 25 times heavier. I thought I was going to break my damn back shoveling hay yesterday and I was like, I was going to have to have my kid drag me back inside the house. Oh, man. And obviously, staying home on the couch for three and a half years or whatever during COVID has had an effect on my physique. But even still, fuck shoveling hay. That's that's not a good time. Also, don't horses eat it? And that's gross. They do. But horses are gross, I guess. I don't know. I guess so. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, <laughs> bravery and greed. Yep. Uh, what else you got, man? Uh, the developer direct uh, for Microsoft or for Xbox or for Bethesda. Fuck. I don't know which one. It's for someone. It's for Xbox, I think, just in general, but then they're showing off Bethesda stuff. And we talked about it last episode, and I said, yeah. where's Starfield? Because maybe it's going to be delayed. Exactly. So they came out, and they said, no, we're going to do a separate um, Starfield show. Oh, I called it. I called it last called. episode. Yes. Yep. But. Ding, ding, ding. But. Yeah, I think it might also be late because, or delayed, because I don't know if I believe that answer. I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm very pessimistic this this. Uh, oh, I mean, I'm sure it's probably quarter. delayed and late. I mean, they're shooting for the. Haha, <laughs> stars. Um, but, you know, well, you know, you know, you know, those guys, man, they like glitchy shit and buggy and weirdness. And, you know, it, it seems like they're really biting off a big chunk of something. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're late. I, I would I would bet on it being late, honestly. So I'm not. Too so worried. I don't know if that separate showcase is bullshit is what I'm saying. Or if it's just like they really always always plan to do another one because it's like, I mean, maybe so both. much stuff because, yeah, you know, they, it, it's late. But then they're also still going to do a separate show. Anyway. Yeah, my thing is, is that even if it is like lay in a separate show, like or the idea that they were like, well, we have to do a separate show because there's so much to talk about Mm -hmm. that I call bullshit on because what they're not going to show that much stuff. Right. Like how much are they really going to deep dive into it uh, if they're still working on it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a thing. Um, I'm going to take that as a win, though. Officially, that is a win. You won me. something. You got a point. <laughs> Unreal Editor um, uh, for Fortnite was leaked. Is that a thing? I don't know what we're. Yeah, so, you know, I'm making a level in Fortnite. I think we talked about it. Yeah. Um, Does it not already use Unreal? Well, it, it's that's the engine, but it's like a separate, like, editor. See what I'm saying? Like, I edit in the game. Oh, oh, I see. So, you, so are you talking about, like, actually changing like the assets in Fortnite, like using the outside unreal editor to make them like shinier and stuff it's like an outside editor but i don't know what it does like so i don't know what kind of assets you can use but i just know that right now it's kind of like they made it better because you can do first person camera in the editor and it seems like you're using a computer you know in a way but it's still difficult to control it right so if there if this is true which it sounds like it is um that'll just help a lot of us make uh, levels easier. So yeah, that'd be cool. All yeah. right, cool, good. And then this is just a weird thing. I guess I'm going to bring it up because I'm in a, a what's a cogity mood or ornery, 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 ornery sure. mood, cantankerous. So I'll bring it up now. This is perfect time sure, for it. Sure. Hogwarts Legacy is a game that's coming out. It looks beautiful. I think RPG. Obviously, we all have our own thoughts about J.K. Rowling. I mean, both of us are like fuck that. You know, basically person yeah. for saying some of the stuff that uh, she said. But um, this thing came out, and I don't even know why it's a controversy, but, and again, my cantankerous uh, take today will probably be met with opposition, but there's a big, like, hoopla about the goblins, because there's goblins in the game, 
I heard something about that, but to be honest with you, every time I see that game or her, I just either block it or I move on. I didn't even read it, but I saw something about that. What is what is it uh, in a nutshell? What's well, going on? Truth be told, like I mean, or just full disclosure, all those other words. I'm playing this fucking game. I don't give a shit about J.K. Rowling and all uh, that. Are stuff. you really, dude? Oh, a hundred percent. Oh man, hundred percent. I don't give a shit. That money doesn't go to her. Right, like th- I mean, they're a separate entity. The game has came out in this article and said uh, nothing about what that person stands for is what we're doing, and we're like not <clears> even <throat> attached to them. Anyways, let me get to my point. That's uh, pause one second. That's a whole other discussion that we're not going to have right now. But I just want counterpoint to your point. Hard boycott for me, uh, for my family, and for GameCritics.com. So okay. we're not covering that in any. That's way. fine. We don't have to get into that now. Well, no, but the slashes. Uh, let's take this offline and find sure. out. If that game doesn't give her any money, then then I'll play the game. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's a larger discussion. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay, but, but for me, hard boycott. Anyway, Goblins. What's going on with Goblins? Right, right. But I'm not finished because okay. I'm going to say that I'm agreeing with you that if money went to her from buying that game, then I also won't play it, right? Like, that's... I mean, I'm putting that part into it. Sure. Okay. So we're getting sucked into it. But like, so I don't know the specifics of the deal, but like money did change hands. I mean, she got paid for this game to be made and whether or not a dollar from retail goes into her pocket. I mean, probably not because she probably got paid up front. I would guess. I mean, I'm not a video game. Yeah, but that's not my point. Let's find out that first. Did she get paid up front? I don't think she did. I mean, it's it's possible she got paid up front. It's possible she's getting residuals from from that. But even if she doesn't get residuals, even if she got paid up front, that is incentive for another game to be created, therefore putting more money in her pocket in the future, even if no retail dollars go in her pocket from this. So anything associated with her ultimately goes back to her as England's richest asshole. So on, on any on any case, I'm not going to support this game regardless. But I see I see the point you're saying. But for me, it's it's a hard no in any situation. I actually just typed that into the Google and it said... Will J.K. Rowling make money off of Hogwarts Legacy? Although J.K. Rowling isn't directly involved with the game, her team is leading many fans to wonder if she's profiting off the game. Now I have to read this whole article. Sure. I mean, Um, but bottom line, it's her property. Of course she's getting paid at some point. She didn't volunteer. This is not a, a... A fucking charity for her. So you know she got paid at some point. She had to have gotten paid at some point. Right, that's true. Okay, fine, I won't play it. Okay, now we decided that, see? We got, it, we got it taken care of. Um, so I won't play it, but here's the other thing that is kind of ridiculous. So people were saying, like, um, you know, the goblins in the game, they were feeling bad for them, and they thought it was kind of like um, a rights issue, like civil rights, because the goblins at some point in the game, like, fight for the revolution. But in okay. this game, this is, like, in the past, takes place in the past, uh, and so, like the goblins are still like fighting for that. I guess in the you know the more present day. Books. Now, are we just, sorry to interrupt you? I, just to clarify real quick: Are we talking about the house elves like Dobby and those dudes, or are we talking about the goblins who are running the bank? I think the goblins who are running the bank. And they, okay. they have rights, and they're like regular citizens, right? In the in the movies we've seen, that's what it seems books. like. Yes. Yeah. So I guess in this game, it's like they're still fighting for their rights or something. Okay. And people are like upset about that. And I'm like, because you have to like fight them. And I'm like, okay, that's too much. Like for me, that's too much. Because A, since I was a kid, I've been playing games where there's monsters and I have to kill the monsters. Like I get that's just a thing that happens. So I don't know. I just, I I don't have a full stance on it, but I just thought it was kind of ridiculous that people were like, I'm, that's the reason they're not playing the game, not the J.K. Rowling thing. But sure. they're like, I mean, "Oh, I want to fight for goblins' rights, and if if I have to kill some before I can like help them, I I mean, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of that. I mean, the only thing that I really know is that you know a lot of people raise concern about the specifically the bank goblins because they feel like 
that was Rowling's way of just basically calling them Jews without really using the word Jews. Uh, that's a separate thing, totally. I think. That is a separate thing, but I wonder if that's bleeding into their representation in the game. And again, I haven't looked at this game. I'm not going to play this game. I don't know exactly what this controversy is about, but I wonder if that is possibly a part of it. I don't uh, know. I'm if, just throwing yeah. something out there. Okay, fine. Forget all that topic. I, sh- I shouldn't <laughs> even brought it up. It's just stupid. <laughs> but I'm glad I did bring it up because then I'm definitely not going to play the game. That's it's good a- to examine these things. It's good to take a look at these well, things. Well, it is. And I thought, you know, Kajidi episode, this is a good time to do it. So... Okay, anyways, fuck that game, and that's it. <laughs> and fuck her. Okay. Uh, I don't have any housekeeping uh, myself. Anything left on your side there, buddy? No. I have one real, like, vitriol thing about Xbox. I will not tackle it today because it will not go well, <laughs> and I'll just get a ton of comments that say fuck off or something. So, no. Anyways, that's it. Okay. All right, well, cool. We'll keep it nice and tidy in the housekeeping. We will move on to the main portion of the show. We got no shortage of stuff to cover here. Uh, let's kick it off with you, sir. Uh, one true hero. You know, it sucks. I feel like I feel bad because I used to be the guy that knew everything about every game. You could like you could name literally any game, and I would know at least something about it. And man, I feel like the last couple weeks, or maybe even the last couple months, like half the games you bring, I'm like, man, I haven't even heard of that. So I definitely have not been keeping up on my news cycle, I guess. Maybe I'm not scanning the stores as much as I need to. Maybe just getting busier in old age or something. But man, you are you are catching me by surprise more and more often these days, and I don't know that I like it. Well, it's just because I have a problem. Uh, I have to like play all the things, and so I just keep finding new shit. And also, I check Steam, and you don't really check Steam That's as true. much. That's true. Steam has every new game that even ever came out. Just It's sure. like Itch.io, right? So it's like there's just so much stuff out there. But anyways... Uh, yeah, and I'm always like looking for a new RPG of some sort. Um, I, you know, have uh, played a lot of heavy games, so I wanted something light and easy. And that's what this is. It's like third person hack and slash Zelda like game, uh, you know, adventure, but with comedy. Okay. And that's what this game is. I saw it on PlayStation, I saw it on Steam too. There's a demo, I think, on Steam uh, right now, so you can check it out. And it was like 10 bucks or 12 bucks on sale. Uh, pretty cheap and positive reviews on Steam as well. Yeah, it's basically like a uh, third person run around, do some puzzles and platforming, fight some monsters, but it's a com- comedic version of that style of game, which you've seen before. Uh, you know, and in the very beginning, it's like, you know, you're this hero, but then it kind of goes back and shows you how you became the hero and gives you a, a tutorial. But the whole time, like, there's a narrator and he's breaking the fourth wall and he's like, you know, all the stuff that you would think about these kind of games. Sure, He's sure. just kind of joking about it. So I liked how it started that way. Um, and not all the jokes land, but when they do, they're pretty damn funny. Um, and the platforming's good, and the hack and slash is good, and different abilities are good. There's a butt coming. I feel I feel it in the air. I can feel that Ugh. energy. I feel that butt energy coming. <laughs> There's a lot of butt energy today for me. Um, yeah, so I just was like pleasantly surprised as I played it for a very okay. long time. Okay. Especially like the first comedy bit that really made me laugh, which was, you know, you find this woman living alone in her shack and she's supposed to be like a witch or something and you got to get something from her. But when you get there, she's kind of gone mad and uh, she has like a husband who's sitting there in the couch, but he's just like a stuffed doll or something. Hmm. And she keeps like referring to him as her husband and he's fine. And she's like, oh, don't bother him. Don't mind him. He's just always like lounging around. So I was like, oh, this is a weird situation. Uh, I'm not doing it justice, but it's actually a pretty funny scene. And so, yeah, there's some really good comedy in it. And I was like, wow, this is just a fun experience. Uh, 
collect things, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Here's the but. Here it is. Um, and this doesn't seem like it's like a, you can't play it for this. But for me, I don't, I think I might nope out. I don't know. So there's like this other layer of a story, which is like a mystical person in a mystical place. Don't need to go into details. And he wants you to find cubes and stuff and do unlock memories or whatever. Uh, so anyways, I go to the first one of those unlock memories things, which is like, you know, separate from the story. And I don't know if you need to do it to finish the game. If you do, I'm out. But what happens is you go to his mystical place and it's like a platform puzzle. Okay. I don't know. Those really bother me nowadays. Is it just really difficult or something? Yeah. It's like you got to nail it. They don't stop. They don't start you halfway through, you know, if you fall. It's like these platforms in space. Right. Rotating. And I'm like a younger man's game. Motherfucker. (laughs) This is someone with a higher tolerance for bullshit. Yeah. So, I mean, I got to the end of it and I still failed and fell into the abyss. And then I was like, they were like, start over. And I was like, I will not start over. And so I closed the game. <laughs> no, sir, I will not start over. <laughs> yeah. So my short my short uh, review is that it's really fucking fun and pretty damn funny. And I was very pleasantly surprised by it. And I still am. It's just a nice, relaxing time. Banjo-Kazooie style, you know, Crash Bandicoot 3D style, uh, Zelda, Ocarina of Time style, uh, and fun. And the combat's actually really good. I'm like, whoa, what this is like fun combat. Uh hmm. So all those things are positives, uh, you know, like a solid seven or something kind of game. Okay, well, that's pretty good. I mean, that sounds all right. Maybe just that one section is the bummer of it. But maybe if you know, it maybe like you said, if you don't have to do it, you would you would keep playing. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back in later and just you know just try to keep doing the story. If they go like, you've almost beat the game, but go beat those platforms now. I'll be ah, like, delete. You know, but. And that might happen too. I could see that happening, dude. People like to do that. Those nasty. Well, also because he's like a mystical guy, and he's talking about unlocking memories. You think it's it sounds like it's an important thing. So, anywho, there's my quick review. I think it's fucking cool. Uh, so check it out. Obviously, a demo. There's demos around. Um, but real frustrated with those platforms. All right. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me, choking over here. Pardon me. All right. Sounds okay. Sounds like it's worth an investigation at least. So yeah. All right. Cool. Investigate it. Uh, investigate it. Let me talk for a minute about Risk of Rain 2. This is the one that was brought up by the Killmaster. And I was going to save it for, uh, like I said, I was planning to talk about the roguelikes today, but I got kind of off track. But I did actually play Risk of Rain 2 at his request. And we actually talked about it a million years ago. And when Greg first brought it up, I did mention quickly that I did I did play this. And I think you played it too. We both played it like when it first came out. Like I played um, when it came to PlayStation and at the time, they said it was finished, but it actually wasn't finished. It's pretty far from being finished. So I guess they... I don't know what the, the phrasing was. It was like, oh, it's on PlayStation, and it's... I don't know. You can play and finish a session or something. Like, they, they, they didn't got a wordplay on me to make me think that it was finished, but it was super not finished. So I noped out because I famously don't like to play unfinished games. Uh, but now I believe that it's it's been done for a while, I think. I mean, at the time... They didn't have all the characters in. They didn't have uh, all the items in. There was not even a final boss in the game. Mm. So it was not done. And you played it before, too. I believe you have, right? You yeah, and I wanted to say for context, because before you start your uh, yeah, yeah. other new review, is that the reason I noped out was my finger got tired. Uh, from holding down the fire button? Yeah, or it didn't have to. You, don't, you have to tap it? Either some holding tap it down or tap hold, it. Yeah. yeah, but either way, all the, all the <clears throat> button presses made me tired. And I was like... That's why I noped out. I don't know if they probably, I'm guessing they didn't change it, but I'd like to hear. 
So for if for people who haven't uh, played Risk of Rain 2 or if you didn't catch our episode a million years ago or whatever, this is basically a third-person roguelike. The same basic premise as the original Risk of Rain, uh, which was a 2D roguelike, uh, but they took it to the third dimension. And I remember a lot of people being very surprised to hear that uh, because the original Risk of Rain did really well. Uh, despite the fact that I think it was wildly unbalanced and really cheap, and I had a lot of really frustrating moments with it. Um, but I think everybody was surprised to see them take it to the third dimension and how was that going to work. And it actually works pretty well. It's a pretty good translation uh, of where you take a character on a planet, and they're just like monsters spawn in all around you. You kill the monsters to earn money. You use that money to open uh, treasure boxes that are scattered around each level, and they give you random items like in a roguelike. You'll get one that gives you a double jump. You'll get one that gives you more powerful bullets. You'll get one that makes enemies explode when they die. You'll get little helper robots that uh, follow you around. Some heal you. Some are like little um, attack turrets to kind of increase your firepower. Uh, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, there's also a ton of secrets in this game where you'll have to find a certain item and bring it to some other place. Or you'll have to find a secret location. Or you'll have to do a certain thing. Um, so there's lots of stuff to like dig around and unlock if you like. Um, and I think in general it's pretty cool I, I put about maybe i don't know two hours into it maybe three hours the other day and i it's like i really like it but i also kind of didn't want to commit to it um so what's good about it i think the graphics are pretty cool i like the style of it i think each character is really fun i didn't unlock anybody new but i had three people available from the beginning it was like the basic guy who's like the soldier i had like the archery lady and then i had like the bandit or something he's like the shotgun guy basically um and they were all pretty different and I felt like I could see the appeal of all of them and getting the uh, roguelike unlock stuff. Like, you know, at one point I had wings and I was flying around and I think I had like uh, two or three droids with me and that, they were going to be back up. And I had the explodey bullets and I had the thing that makes guys drop life every time you kill them. So my health was constantly being topped up. And like, that was pretty cool. I was like, OK, I see what's going on here. Um. But it's weird because right off the bat, they don't give you the list of stuff to do. Like, they kind of make you earn it a little bit. And to be fair, it unlocked pretty soon in. But once I saw the list of stuff, I'm like, okay, this is like a it's like a lot of stuff going on here. And I feel like a lot of this will require me to kind of, like, um, assert myself in a very definite way. Um, and I feel like when I play roguelikes, I, me personally, these days, I kind of want to just, like, dip in, get a good session going, and feel like I earned something. And... There is progression in this game, but it's it's not of the kind of where you, you just kind of do it by playing. Or maybe I guess if you get lucky, you will. But a lot of this seemed like, okay, I really need to specifically try to do this one task to unlock something. And that was oh, just like, yeah. you know, like there's, there's, there's tons of stuff to unlock. But like each one was just like defeat level one five times. Okay, granted, that's an easy one. And if I played this game enough times, I would do that. No problem. But it just took, it like took a while, right? And some of these runs, like to be perfectly honest i didn't beat level one five times sometimes i mean I, I did eventually but it wasn't just like snap and i was done it was like had to like relearn the game had to like get back into it and kind of figure things out wait remind um, me on the progression part <clears throat> do you keep that stuff did, i forgot what you keep when you it just all unlocks it for future use like, you don't you don't start the game with anything you start the game with nothing right you but get like, those things you're talking about those abilities exactly. yeah like the, you'll you'll get more and more kinds of drops as you go i remember now. um yep. and if anybody is is has played this more than me and if I'm doing this wrong, please let me know because they don't tell you a lot and I didn't like go wiki diving. So they kind of just want you to kind of like explore on your own. And that's another thing where I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm not real big on the whole explore and find things out on my own these days because time is so limited and energy is so limited and life is so limited. I feel like, you know, I need a little bit more of an intro. Um, but I like the controls. I think the controls are really good. 
Um, I think the graphics are cool. Um, the, the one bummer about this, even more than the progression stuff, is that in each level you get dropped down to the planet and you have to find a teleporter. And they don't tell you where the teleporter is. And I, I feel like I'm going crazy, Carlos, because I swear when I first played this game, I feel like there was a map. But maybe I'm making that up. Do you ever remember a map being in this game? Oh, it's like the uh, Mandela effect. Was there ever it is. a map in the game? I think there. for me, I feel like there was. I feel like there was in the beginning, but I maybe I'm totally making that up. Maybe there never was a map because there sure isn't one now. And I feel like at least like an arrow to kind of just point me in the right direction would be good because when I started this game up, I was like wandering for a while and I was like, you know, getting lost. Yeah, but and- you say that now is reminding me, and I'm sorry I didn't go back and play it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I definitely got lost a lot in that game. So Yeah, and that's kind of the thing because there's a mechanic where the longer you spend in the levels – the harder it gets. And so I guess part of the gameplay is a balance between get through quickly so the difficulty doesn't ramp up too much, but also you have to make the money, you have to get the the upgrades, otherwise you're not going to be tough enough to survive the later levels, right? So it's kind of a risk-reward, which I get, but I was actually just getting all the risk because I was getting lost all the time. And I'm yeah. like, I'm, I would leave level one and it would already be like medium difficulty because I spent so fucking long in the level. I'm like, okay, I just need like a... like. If you're not going to give me a whole map, I get it. But like pointer arrow or just like a general like north, south, east, west direction or something. Because my sense of direction in this game was terrible. And I don't really feel like um, the levels were clear enough to give you a good sense of it. These, you know, maybe if I played the game a thousand times, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know where I'm at. And I know where the I probably know where the levels are going to probably spawn. Like you probably get familiarity over time. But like I'm not to that point and I don't think i'm probably going to get to that point so like a little bit to help me out in the beginning would have been good but uh besides the getting lost part uh which was a huge bummer for me i think it's pretty cool overall um i think if somebody's looking for a deep uh roguelike that they want to get into i think there's a lot to like about this one although it is one of the tougher ones where you just basically start with nothing and you know getting the extra stuff as you go through level is cool not my preferred method but it's still okay but just know that it's one of those you know yeah so the the feeling of progression that i like and that i think that you like is not quite there in the same way that we like it but there is progression definitely and i think it's a cool game overall i i don't think it's what i want right now um but i do think it's got a lot of good stuff for it and i bet a lot of people out there would dig it if they haven't tried it already yeah, I think there's some good things, and I do remember liking a lot of the powers that when you just reminded me of some of them. But I also got like uh, shivering memories of being lost, and then it getting more difficult. Yeah, and then not feeling I brought anything over from the last time I played. You know. Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you just said. Those three things combined for me are like, okay, uh, maybe in a different time or day I would be into this. But with those three things going on and my current schedule and my current life, I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's Risk of Rain 2. Played it on the PlayStation 5. It's looking tight. It's in good shape over there. And again, if you want one of those roguelikes, uh, it is definitely one of those. And I think it's a good one. But just be ready for one of those. So there you go. Carlos, over to you, sir. Children of Silent Town. I don't know. Again, oh God, I feel like such an ass. I don't know anything about this one. I know nothing about this other than the, the town is really quiet and there's some kids. So what's going on? The town is, weirdly enough, the town isn't that quiet. Um, oh, false advertising. I know. Although I just uh, found a guy today, an adult, because you play as kids. You play as Lucy, who's a kid, and uh, talking to other kids and stuff like that. But um, I found an adult in town, and I was talking to him, and I thought I was just talking to a normal and he was like, lower your voice. And I was like, geez. So I guess that's what they meant. I um, guess. Keep it down because this is Silent Town. Yeah, well, it, I, the real issue is that um, 
you don't want to anger what's around Silent Town. So essentially, you're in a little town, uh, and you this is third person, first person. So it's neither of those. It's just like a adventure game with like a 2D kind of artistic, uh, painterly style. Kind of side view sort of a side thing? view style, but like oh, you know, okay. you walk around like a, a map and stuff. So just think uh, Night in the Woods. It has a lot of similarities to that game. You know, Night oh, in the Woods okay, is one gotcha, of my favorite gotcha. games yes, of all yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. Night yeah. in the Woods. Yes. By the way, side view. Yes, what? Tangent. I just tangent. saw this like last week. I forgot to mention it. Night in the Woods got a PS5 upgrade. I don't know what, what that means for. So like, there's a. I don't know what that means. But they just made the lines sharper or something? It was yeah, already like a 2D game that clear. looked fine. Yeah, I don't know. If there's anything extra, I'm jumping back in. But I just saw that today. Because, uh, you know, it's in my library. But it says something like PS5 upgrade. So, holy Interesting. shit. Interesting. One of my right. favorite games of all time. Anyways, uh, so it has that style where you're just running around with these kind of 2D, like, cartoony-looking characters. Uh, really interesting look. A lot of, like, the art style that I draw, actually, which is these big eyes. Um, they don't have pupils, you know, that kind of style. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tim Burton almost, it feels like Tim Burton. So anyways, you play as Lucy, who's a little girl in this town and has friends and uh, is kind of sullen, and I'm in a kind of sullen mood, so it fits me very well. And um, she's got a little cat that's just fucking adorable, and but also a pain in the ass. And I like that that the cat's like a pain in the ass, but also adorable, because that's what cats are. That is definitely what cats. Yeah, are. and uh, so basically, you you know, you start in this little uh, town, and you're in your house with the parents and stuff. And the whole idea is that outside of the town, there's like you know, danger, fucking darkness, monsters, probably. And you can tell, you know, she has nightmares, and everyone's just like uh, freaked out about the ta- the woods outside, and also like people are going missing. So that's the premise. Okay. And then the gameplay is you know old school uh, adventure game, but like Night in the Woods and like a lot of the adventure games you and I both like, um, it's not like they don't show hot spots, but there's just very few things to combine or, gotcha. you know, and there's very few things to pick up. And so it's more about the story in this game, which is exactly why I, I finish games like this. I finish Night in the Woods like right away because it's more about the story, the dialogue, the creepiness. This is obviously about also emotional distress and, um, you know, things that we're not dealing with in our past. So it's, you know, kind of heavy duty at times. And so it's really about that. And so then, yeah, like I found I had to go collect things for the dinner or something. And I had to go, like, find ingredients for something else. And um, there's this one ball that was stuck up somewhere. And I had to, like, take the slingshot and fix it. But it was, like, only one thing to fix it, right? So anyways, all those puzzles are easy. And I was just doing them. The problem, and here's another but. Oh, snap is there's these puzzles that, um, well, first off, this is the coolest fucking thing. You find certain things in the world that give you a certain tone, like a musical tone that you hear, and you record that tone in your diary or something, your little book. And then you can do songs. Like you can sing little songs. Is it like you have to actually have a good ear for it, or is it kind of just like menu-based kind of thing? Or like No, it's just like, so example is I saw um, uh, this horn somewhere that was just lying around, and I blew into it. And it made this weird sound. I was like, oh, that's an interesting note. And so I wrote down that note. And then when I had enough notes, it said, hey, you learned your first song. And then you just hit like R2 on PlayStation and just pick that song. And then you can sing it. Oh, okay. So you okay. sing that song near a kid. I, don't, I think you could do it on adults too. And that'll like show you their memories or their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so if, ki- if people are having problems, you can see like the distressed thought. And, gotcha. And here's the but. 
The but is that thought is uh, is often a puzzle, and okay. it's like a little yarn puzzle. But it's that classic line puzzle where a yarn puzzle. What do you mean? It's yarn, so you have to like tie up the their memories because their memories are kind of shattered or ripped. Okay. Okay. It's just kind of an imagery for a metaphor, you know, for memories being kind of messed up. So you're kind of like adorably, you know, yarning it or knitting it together. But you've got to put this little string of yarn through these little buttons. But it's your classic line puzzle. You know, the one where you have to get to a destination, but you can't cross the lines. Oh, sure. You get yeah, yeah, yeah. that gotcha, thing. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm just stuck. And I'm like so fucking mad because I'm oh, like, no. it's one true hero all over again. I was having such a good time with one true hero. I just wanted to relax listen to some comedy and then I fucking died a million times on a puzzle and so this is I probably won't be as frustrated but I can't figure it out and it's like I really just want to progress the story and I can't figure this fucking baker's puzzle out he's, oh, he's the baker and I can't figure his, his memory what a out. drag I hate when something like that happens where there's just a puzzle whether it's a string puzzle or any I mean you know whatever there's lots of puzzles that I've come up against where it's just like my brain isn't grokking it and you just yeah. kind of get stuck and you can't really move forward. And it's just, oh, what a drag dude. I just don't want I want to hit like a button that says skip puzzle, you know, which other games do that by the way. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because I, it doesn't serve any purpose. It's not helping me. Developers don't get upset elf games. I, I love your game. I fucking love your game. And I'm actually going to go back and try it again, but just next time or even now I'll put a patch in, just say like skip puzzle because I don't, I'm not here for that. I, you caught me with this interesting story and I was actually, and still am, in a depressed mood. And I was like, yeah, she's depressed. It's scary. I get it. Like, I want to, you know, uh, go with this style of a game. But now I'm kind of stuck. So, you know, if you could throw a patch in there, this is Skip Puzzle, that'd be awesome. Uh, if not, I'll go back and figure it out, I guess. <laughs> it's just frustrating. Yeah, you know, it's. I think that's a good point because I, you know, I have played games with Skip Puzzle and without. And in general... I don't skip them, but every once in a while I hit one where I'm like, it's just pissing me off or I just, I'm not getting fun out of it. And, and I mean, what, so this kind of like gets down to a deeper philosophical point about like, what are games all about, man? Like what's it all about? Because you'll meet some developers who have a very different view of what their game is compared to other developers. Some people are like, I just want to make something that people play and enjoy. I want to make it enjoyable for them. I want to have as much accessibility. I want everybody to try it. I want them to see. And then some people are like, and they, they rarely say this out loud, but I've definitely met people who are like this. And it's almost like a challenge where they're like, I made this game for me. And if you don't like it, fuck you. And you got to do what I say because I created this game. And when, when when they get feedback about what's not good about it, unless there's a publisher stepping on their neck, they're like, yeah, whatever. And, I, you know, it happens. And I, I hope that these developers will look at this puzzle. And if people are not enjoying this puzzle or get stuck, just give us a skip button or, or do something. Because are you really testing our puzzle knowledge is that what you're really about or do you want us to see your vision of silent town do you want us to see the story do you want us to enjoy it yeah. and everybody's puzzle aptitude is way different some people can blaze through them, no problem some people probably like me maybe you get stuck every once in a while and we want to do something that's not a puzzle um you know i feel like there's a middle ground for everybody but i, I kind of wonder where these developers are at i i mean i'm just gonna guess i'm going on a limb that they didn't think it was gonna be that difficult also i was just not in a puzzle mood so maybe my, sure. my brain is sure. off um, I think they just, you know, messed up with how hard they made the second puzzle. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the second or third puzzle. I'm like, just oh, okay. fucking make the third or second or third one easy. It's like pacing, you know? Right. Um, I don't think they did that. That's not what this is. Because most of the game is not that, right? It's just okay. like this really interesting story. So I still recommend it. I'm still going to go back. I'm going to maybe wait and see if they patch it. I don't think they will. But um, 
But I just, I, I really dig it. It's got a creepy vibe. It reminds me of like so many of these games I play, like Omari, if you remember that game, um, obviously Night in the Woods. You know, it's kind of a depressed tone, dark, introspective kind of story. Because um, I know that the monsters are probably metaphors for something, you know. Sure. And um, growing, growing up or the economy or something. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But it's also like, um, yeah, it's just done really well and the music's done well. Uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, I probably even like it a little bit more than Once Your Hero because it fits my mood. Yeah. But, man, fuck that puzzle. But I'll go back to it. All right. Fill us in. Let us know how it goes. It does sound kind of interesting, though. You know, I do like a good kind of narrative and 2D point and clicky slash adventure is something that I like when all the elements come together. So seems like there's potential here for sure. You're going to well, c- play some more and let us know how it goes. I will. And, and to, to, to further that point, like, like we said, you and I always know about for adventure games that are too many things to combine with too many things. Yeah, yeah. That's not what this is at all. And so that's why I'm like, Oh yeah. The other stuff is pretty makes sense, you know, and is easy. So right. Slight miscalculation in the puzzle. Who knows? Or maybe it's just a bad day. You never know. We'll see. Still check it out. Still check it out. Still check it out. Still check it out. Okay. Let me talk for a minute about Ship of Fools, uh, which is a two, at least two people uh, must play this. It's not, there's no single player that I can tell. Oh, I'm out. Uh, You definitely are out. Uh, But it goes up to four, I believe. Uh, And this is kind of like the game that we talked about a couple weeks ago where I think it was Trash Sailors, I think was the one. Mm -hmm. My wife and I were looking for a game that we could play together and in Trash Sailors, you're on a little raft made of trash, and you kind of go through these waterlogged levels, fighting um, enemies and picking up garbage. It just was a really miserable experience. Hard to control, too much stuff going on, terrible tutorial, just really bad experience overall. Um, so, of course, I wanted more of that, and I wanted to try to find a game that fit the bill but was more fun and better, and this is that game. This is the better version of that game. So Ship of Fools, same basic premise. Uh, you and a friend, at least one friend, uh, must have at least one friend go on the ship and you're in this like I don't know watery area that's just full of islands and stuff and you uh, go from level to level it's weird because it seems like it's going to be kind of like an action game at first but it's it's a roguelike and it's also turn-based in a way because when you get on your ship and you go it, it seems like you're going to be steering the ship and you're going to be like navigating but actually that's not what happens at all um, you're on a hex-based map and they show you different icons on the map and you can choose wherever you want to go It'll be like, you know, oh, treasure icon over here. Oh, boss battle over here. Uh, Mystery item over here. And you just kind of choose where you go and you move hex by hex. And every time you move a hex, it goes back to your boat and your boat is parked. You don't need to worry about driving the boat, which was a big problem with trash sailors. Uh, The boat is parked and there's little stations on the boat. There's like little cannon stations. There's a station to put uh, treasure. Uh, You have harpoons. And then uh, your little person running around. This is kind of a 2D, kind of a top down sort of thing. You can uh, man the cannons, or if you're not on the cannon, you have like an oar with you, and you can whack monsters with an oar. And every time you get to new new hex and your boat is parked, uh, you know, maybe maybe monsters will come in and jump on your boat, so you got to whack them off the boat. Or maybe somebody will shoot at you, and you got to whack the fireballs back. Or maybe you need to fight a tentacle monster or something. So, like, you're doing a slightly different little challenge on each little hex. Beat the hex, um, get a little treasure, move on, and you slowly accumulate goods, uh, resources, gold, and also I believe tentacles is one of the currencies of the game, which is kind of funny. Um, and you slowly upgrade your boat over time. You get better cannons, you get a more durable boat, uh, you get like better weapons and stuff like that. So it's pretty straightforward, but I think it's a pretty nice implementation of it because my wife and I were really wanting something that was kind of like this, where 
we can just jump in a little bit. Uh, just do a quick run, 10, 15, 20 minutes maybe. Maybe do two in a row, and then you're like, you're good. You don't got to devote like four hours to it. You don't got to get too worked up about what's going on. Not a lot to remember, but all you got to look at is like your town, which looks like um, in between runs, you go back to this town. I'm sure you're going to upgrade it over time. Uh, you know, upgrade your ship over time, and then you get further and further each time. So it's just like a really straightforward, um, kind of basic roguelike, but I don't say that in a negative way. I say that in a good way because it's just the kind of thing that I want to play with someone else. You know, if, if I'm just me, I can remember a lot of stuff in my head, and I can go on these giant quests, and I can remember details, but like trying to do something that's really detailed with a friend or with a, a spouse or online buddy or whatever um, can sometimes be problematic because you forget what you're doing, schedules don't match up or you don't get to it for a couple of days. It's just, it's, it's been kind of a drag. And so this being so drop in, drop out and quick session and approachable is really fun. And I think it's a good fit. Um, mm. It's fun to just kind of like go square to square. You uh, shoot some guys with the cannons, get some gold, feels good. Go to the next square. You whack a couple squids with your paddle. That feels good. You get some stuff. And then eventually you're going to take a lot of damage. I mean, we're, we keep butting our head up against one of the first bosses because we just started like the day before yesterday. Um, giant tentacle monster and kind of looks like a kraken and so we're like cannoning the tentacles and then like whacking the, the little baddies away and then reloading and you know it's kind of hectic it's kind of hectic where there's always something going on and it's one of those games where it feels like like there's always one more thing to do than there is people to do it you know what I mean yeah and uh, are you getting progression along the way to get that boss or no yeah yeah we already yeah. made it like even further it's you know you get your currency as you play and even if you don't get the currency the game gives you automatically some currency to kind of push you forward which i think is really smart so every time you play you're at least getting a couple steps better okay. you know and you'll eventually get the better cannons i think there's even like like laser cannons and shit like once you get further up which i'm excited about um so yeah you are getting slightly better and we already noticed um we could visibly see progression between the runs like by the time that we were doing our fourth or fifth run we were getting like way further than we were on the first run. And so we were seeing how it was coming together. Not just that we practiced, but also like our cannons were better. We were doing more damage. Our deck could take more damage. So we were uh, lasting longer and stuff. So mm. it's not huge progression, but like it's noticeable and it's, it's enough to where I feel like we're not throwing away our time when we play. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems like um, what's interesting. And I will make this tangent because it's uh, published by team 17. Yeah. And yeah. they did overcooked. Again, mm -hmm. they didn't develop, but they help, you know, put these out. Yeah. Uh, Overcooked. And then also Bravery and Greed. Oh, did they? Which Same is the one I mentioned. Yeah. So oh, obviously okay. it feels like that game might be similar because a lot of times when, when, you know, publishers look for games, they kind of look for a, a, a through line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems like it's it's uh, good. Well, maybe the uh, the fun multiplayer game is kind of their jam. It seems like they're kind of hitting right. that note. But yeah, this is, this is a fun one. I, um, I don't know how it's going to be in the long run and so so caveat just a little asterisk um you know like i said we're playing it for a couple couple runs a day short bursts um but i would you know i would wonder if you were going to play this more hardcore like if you really wanted to like make a push towards the end i don't know how much variety is going to be in this so maybe like maybe this isn't the game that you want to invest 100 hours into but i think if you want kind of drop in drop out something fun to play with buddies and then bounce i think this is a good one um so i uh, TBD on what, how the legs on it are in terms of the future, but so far we're having a really great time with it and having fun. Um, and I think it's, it's really good, a really good iteration of the buddies on a boat genre, 
which I just made up just now, which oh, so far... that's a good podcast name, too. Buddy's on a boat. <laughs> wow, that's pretty um, good. But yeah, I like this one way better than Trash Sailors. Um, so this is what we were after. I'm glad we found it. Ship of Fools so far, I think, is, is a lot of fun. But again, you must have at least one friend. You cannot play yeah, it by yourself. So I can't play it. Um, so I was just going to mention that... Uh, yeah, you mentioned Trash Sailors. So it's like, this is the... This is what you're looking for, kind of, it seems like, in that genre. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So that is a good one. Uh, let's see. Back to you, Carlos. Oh, Secret Game. I, You know, you you find Secret Game a lot. You bring Secret Game to the show often. I'm tired of hearing about Secret Game. <laughs> you're a Secret Game. I, I, I did that all episode. These All these ones you don't know of. Man. So what is your... Okay. But this one, I don't even know the title. This is a, a brand new surprise to me, folks. I don't know at all what game he's going to be talking about. Uh, what is this week's Secret Game, Carlos? Yeah, so um, this is a secret. It's also a secret how I was able to afford it because (laughs) TMI, I do not have much money. But anyways, I spend money that I don't have on video games. Um, So we won't go into that tangent, but I somehow was able to pull this off. And it was a little bit on discount um, on PlayStation, which, by the way, we never mentioned this. Tangent number two. What? I feel like every time... And this might be another kind of pro t- pro thing for PlayStation, but I feel like every time I even like buy a new game on PlayStation, uh-huh. it's discounted. Oh, okay. They got frequent discounts. They got tons of discounts. I don't know what's up with them, but like that we've I've never mentioned this on the podcast. But yeah, every time I click it, it's like, oh yeah, the real price is fifty three ninety nine or whatever, and then it's like your price is forty seven something. Gotcha. It's a few dollars, but it's every time sure, I feel like. Sure, sure. I, you know, I, I wish list, just to, to stay on this for a second, I wish list all the time, and I check my wish list for sales, and I guess I must pick things that are never on sale because I don't see stuff on my wish list very often. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to check the general sales. Uh, I, I guess I just don't go to the sale tab or something. Are you just, like, looking? It's not the even the sale tab. No, no, I'm just saying, like, lots of new releases seem to get oh, okay. discounts. I don't know gotcha. why. Oh. Anyways, this one was slightly discounted, and that's why I also picked it up. It is... It is... One Piece Odyssey. Oh, for real? Interesting. I'm very surprised to hear you say that. I know. It's like a million dollars. That's the other thing. Do but, you know One Piece? Are you a fan of One Piece? So I love anime. I, I grew up with anime. I, I have these anime moments where like, I'll get all invested and be like, I'm watching four anime series now. And then I'll watch no anime. So that's kind of like how I've been doing it my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I've just been on a new kick where I'm watching a few different ones. And of course, Netflix, I think, I don't know. You know, there's like anime purists or like, oh, fuck, fuck Netflix's uh, series or whatever for anime. I think they're releasing a lot, a ton of really cool stuff. Uh, Vinland Saga is out now, too. So, yeah, I'm kind of in a new kick for it. And so I have watched One Piece off and on, but nothing like serious. And I definitely checked out the manga and stuff. But I definitely wasn't like a huge fan. Okay. But I do like uh, anime. And also what I heard from the, through the grapevine is that they just did a very, very good, solid turn-based RPG. Because that's okay. what this game is. It's not like an um, open-world action game. It's just like a old-school turn-based combat um, and really beautiful graphics, it looked like. So, so yeah, I just wanted to like get into something that was kind of relaxing and turn-based, and that's what this is. All right. So the quick review um, is that, you know, if you're a fan of the One Piece series and the anime and all the movies... You're really going to love it. And this is the I'm going to start with the double-edged sword. So that's the first thing. If you have watched this for a long time and know everything and know all the characters, you're going to like love 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 it. Okay. That makes sense. Sure. Because they like, you know, all the characters are themselves. It's all in Japanese and subtitled. It, 
you know, it, they reference a ton of uh, stuff from the past, and there's the double-edged sword. So they talk about all the stuff they've done already. So if you wanted to, like, go back and watch all the shows, which is going to take forever because I actually am trying to a little bit, it, you know, you, you'll get spoiled by playing this video game. Right, because oh, okay. they're so just like they're, they're, they're just mentioning the, stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And why they all, here's the other double-edged sword, and this is all before I talk about the game. Um, at some point, you're on an island, which just very much like Ease Eight or yeah, Ease Eight, and you know it's a mysterious island, blah, blah blah. But then when you get there, there's a person who helps you go into your memories and go into memory oh, land. God, memories again, Jesus. Okay. I know, but here's the weirdest part about it: the memory land is made up of. Which, by the way, just like Nightmare on Elm Street, if you die in the memory land, you die in you real die life. In real life, <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's what they said. But you're in there, memory land, and the first memory is uh, like one of the movies, like one of One Piece movies. Like, oh, I thought you were gonna say Nightmare on Elm Street. Is actually Freddy. You know, <laughs> that now, would be a whack crossover, dude. It's it would be. Um, and Michael Myers is in there too. Uh, so my point is that they're like they immediately are spoiling the movie. There and then it's weird. It's a weird choice for me. It only seems like fan service because any other person who's never like played the games or, or um, I don't know if there's other games, but yeah, there is. Um, or like, you know, watch the anime, you would just be like kind of lost. So what they do is in the memory land, <laughs> this is really complicated. They're going through parts of the movies and the series, right? And mm-hmm. things you've done, you, all the, you're like, oh, we did this already. Like all the characters are saying that. Like, yeah, we beat this guy. You know, we did we did all this. But right. then the, then they're like, but wait, it's a little different. So it's like an alternate reality version hmm. of the memories. So I don't I think they only did it because they want to do fan service for people who really like the movies. And so now well, you get me, to li- you live this, in those Carlos. lands, you know what I'm saying? Let me ask you this. I don't know anything about One Piece. I mean, I know that it exists. I know it's like that stretchy guy there, there's like a straw hat involved or pirates of some sort. That's all I know. I, I know basically fuck all nothing about this. Like if I was in the mood for an RPG, a turn-based RPG, which I, probably never is going to happen to me, but just if for the sake of argument. And I, if I jumped into this, like would I be really, really confused? Or do you think there's enough for me to kind of pick up what's going on and kind of roll with it? Yeah, it's totally fine. And that's why I'm still playing it. Like it is a very, very good turn-based RPG, just straightforward, right? Like, okay. That's okay. what it is. And at some point before that memory land stuff happened, you know, you're just like on an island fighting monsters and it feels like an RPG and you don't get all the references, but it's fine. But then when they went to memory land, that's when it like made me feel a little weird okay. Be- because they literally will like unlock a memory and then they'll say like show a cutscene, and they'll say, remember when this happened? And I'm like, no, but now I do. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, yes, it's competent and, and, here's the biggest selling point is that the combat is so fun and so relaxing and it feels like dragon quest in a way it feels like you know the the rpgs that i always search for which was like comfort food rpgs mm. where to answer your point yeah if you're like craving a turn-based rpg this is beautiful because it doesn't it's not super open world it's almost like little areas and that's actually feels good sometimes you know because in this day and age of like a million outposts and a million things to yeah yeah do. For sure. This is just it holds your hand enough. It has a little bit of open areas. You can kind of go find a collect you know collect a bunch of little things and yeah grind if you want, but you don't have to. I haven't felt too under level at any time. 
um, I won't go into all the specifics over the like the abilities and stuff. And there's items. There's just so much like RPG stuff. But they just do everything really, really well. Uh, who developed it again? Is it? Um, I want to say it was. Uh, yes, I will look it up. I know who it is, and it's not coming to me. It's not Bandai Namco, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, is it? it? Is. Yeah, it is. I'm sure it is. It kind of makes sense. I it's would just, put money on it. It's just excellent, man. Like the graphics are beautiful. Um, you know. Uh, I have something about the graphics I'll talk about later. But anyways, all the characters are themselves. I've watched some enough, enough of the shows and the movies to know that, you know, it's very super faithful uh, to, the, to the series. And then what's interesting is when you're traversing the landscape, you can switch between characters. I normally don't like that in RPGs. But this one's cool because each character has a different thing that they do on the land. Oh, so, okay. So, like, the one of the girls can, like, find the treasure because she's mm. just money hungry. She's like... You know, they're all pirates who have special abilities. Sure, sure, sure. Like, there's gum. You know, he he took the gum gum fruit, uh, Luffy. So, like, he's stretchy. But everybody has their own thing, right? Gotcha. Like, there's a reindeer, but it's like a super like super chibi kind of reindeer. But then he can turn into a big, huge, muscular reindeer because sure. of what he ate. Anyways, um, you know. <laughs> he ate a bodybuilder. <laughs> he ate a fruit that made him, like, a bodybuilder reindeer. So, she yes. finds a treasure. He, uh, Luffy can, like, extend his arms to, like... I do those like uh, with grappling hook thing, sure, um, sure, sure. And then this one guy can like shoot this little slingshot. Uh, anyways, it's actually really fun to switch between characters, and I don't n- normally like that in RPGs. But because you're in a, in a land, you can see you can get different things by being different people. Question for you, yeah. And then I'll get um, to the combat. One thing, okay. So maybe you're going to address this uh, tangentially, but one thing that I fucking hate about RPGs these days, uh, I just have completely lost my taste for it is like the um, the item and gear upgrade grind thing where like, you know, you get to a town, you buy everybody their armor and their new weapon, oh, yeah. and then you're broke and you got to grind for a while because by the time you get to the next town, you need the other, the plus one weapon of what you just bought. Like, do you do you do that shit all the time? Or is it like you're you're fine with, with what weapons you have? Like, how does that work? No, it's a good lead in. So it's a, this game is like an RPG light in a way where it's like really about the story uh, going back to what, the, you know, I got frustrated, got stuck in a couple other games earlier. But, like, this is about telling the One Piece story, telling this, you know, new story mixed in with old memories, which is interesting. Um, but when you get to – there really didn't really get to a town thing like the old RPGs. It's like along the way you find things. Um, it's hard. So there's crafting. Um, there's different, like, items you can find. You put them in, like, little slots. Like each character is a little, um, let's just call it a square. And in mm-hmm. that square, you can put like little gear items, right? But it's like that puzzle thing where they have to fit. You know that style? Yes, yes, yes. It's been in other games. So like if you pick like defensive ring, you know, you put it there and then you can fit another one, which is like a necklace for hit point power. You can always do that stuff and always take them off and put them back. Like it's just, it's never like locked in. That's kind of an upgrade, but that's that's the main thing right now. Like it's not really about like, grinding at all it's about finding little things maybe making yourself better but when you go to a town you're not like buying the new armor buying the new weapon at all you're just like you know stretchy guy stretchy guy right like luffy can he has his abilities right and it's just like upgrading those abilities but not like finding weapons if that but just sense. through like experience or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're getting experience. Like that, you're always leveling through up. Through gameplay. Yeah, and then like you know, there's actually like these little cubes that you find that help you level up those abilities. So it's really about that and just kind of like being your awesome anime you know, ability body self, right? So 
whatever those characters do in the in One Piece, that's what they do in this game. Um, okay. So, anyways, yeah. and the other light part about it is, it never feels like it's focused on the combat. It's like that's that's there, and there's definitely bosses I've already fought and stuff, and there's definitely like items that you know stop bleeding and cure poison, all that stuff. But it just feels like you're going from mission to mission in this game. Gotcha. And it feels more relaxing that way. Like I'm never like. Yeah, worrying about getting to, to, to a town and like finding all my healing items. I got some healing items and they're helpful, but I'm not like storing them up and stuff. Um, yeah, the one of the only, one of the only caveats I don't like is that you can find different outfits for everybody, you know, which I kind of like sometimes. Sure. Cosmetic, but sure. in all the cutscenes, they're not there. Oh, bummer! That sucks. You know, and you got a couple like pretty ladies. You might sure. want to like dress up. I don't know. People do that. Some people do that. Some people might do that, I hear. I hear some people like to do that. Um, I mean, by the way, all the ladies in this game and in, in the series are like scantily clad like immediately. So if sure. that's a thing that bothers you or it's something that you like, that's in this game. Um, but yeah, I just like found like cool outfits for things. And like, yeah, you, on, you only see them in the battle scenes. Ah, that's a and then when it goes to the cutscenes for the game, the story, they're back to their normal sets. Anyways, right. uh, but in general, I, 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 you know, sprung the money for. Well, I don't think you say sprung the money. That's also a funny name for a podcast. I sprung for the game. How do you say that? Yeah, you sprung for the game. Yeah, I sprung for the game. Yeah, yeah, because I wanted a relaxing, comfort food RPG, and that's what this is. This is like. It makes me feel I've been super fucking depressed and it makes me feel so relaxed and calm. <laughs> it's just like I'm not worried. I'm not like worried about grinding. It's just telling stories and you're fighting. And and I didn't even get to the combat part. The other thing that's really cool is that each character gets placed in the map of the combat section uh-huh. and you're in different sections, which I've never seen in an RPG. So like one character might be placed with two enemies the other characters are across the map and fighting another enemy by themselves. And then whenever you clear your enemies that are around you, you can go help the other person. Does that even make sense? It's hard to explain. I mean, it kind of makes sense. It sounds like they're doing the Scooby-Doo split up or something, which yeah. is definitely not the standard, but it seems interesting. Not at all. And it's so fun. And here's the other interesting thing. If you place it right, whoever you attack, like a monster or a bad guy, you can knock the bad guy into other bad guys. Oh, okay. Because it's kind of like a, a placement kind of battle, some battlefield too. positioning sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and I mean, and there's weaknesses and strengths and all that stuff like that. It's just, gotcha. it's like a Dragon Quest or like another game that you just feel like you're in very, um, what's not comfortable, but hands, but like, um, uh, what's the word when you feel safe? You're in good hands. Good hands with Allstate, yeah. You're in, <laughs> you're in good hands with Bandai Namco. Is that who? And did if it? Allstate would like to sponsor us, we are open to that. By the way, yeah. any any Allstate agents listening, you just feel in good hands with the combat. You feel good hands with everything. There's no glitches. It's just like a tightly made, awesome, relaxing RPG. Awesome. Well, that sounds uh, like exactly the sort of thing to fit the bill. Uh, let me ask you one more question. Yeah. Uh, I may have misheard this. Did you say that you are now starting to watch the One Piece anime? Is that right? I am, but the only problem is it's so fucking much. I think what I'm going to do, because the actual TV series has like, what, 250 episodes or something insane, right? There's like seven or nine different series. Each one has like 20 episodes, you know? It's fucking insane. It started in the like late 80s probably or 90s. I don't know, like a while yeah, ago. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to watch the movies 
because I started watching the first movie I was watching, and the movie I was watching, weirdly enough, was literally the first memory in the game. Oh, interesting. You okay. go to a desert place, and I was like, I watched, started watching the movie, and I was like, and by the way, I really liked the anime, too. So I was like watching the anime, enjoying it, and I was like, oh, this is what I'm fucking playing right now. So I'm going to pause the game for a minute, finish that movie, and then go back to the game. But then I know I'll get to the next world, and it'll be another movie. You sure, know? sure. So is that fun to do? Maybe, because I always talk about doing media with games. Yeah, your multimedia experience, for sure. But that means you, it's going to take me this game this forever. I mean, if, you, if you're enjoying it, why not, right? But where are you watching these movies and the, this stuff? Is it, like, Netflix. available on Netflix? Oh, really? Netflix? Okay. Yeah, there's, they like, have the TV five, show too? the TV show and, like, four or five movies are all on Netflix. Interesting. So, it's funny you bring this up yeah. because um, my we don't do, like, a lot of anime at the house, but every once in a while we do. And uh, I'm a big fan, not of Dragon Ball Z. I actually can't stand Dragon Ball Z, but I like the original Dragon Ball have you ever watched the original Dragon Ball? I don't Ball? think I have watched the original Dragon Ball. It's a very different show. It is a wildly different show. Um, and that series has like 900 episodes or something like that. And so my son and I were watching it on like Hulu or something. They, I think they have like the entire series. And we got like 200 episodes in. And then we like, I don't know, we just paused or something. And you're reminding me I want to go back to Dragon Ball ah. because it's really funny. It's extremely funny. It's really bawdy and kind of like... Uh, uh, there's definitely some uh, some sexy humor happening, which feels very inappropriate for a kid's cartoon, uh, but it's really funny as well. And like some of the stuff is just really, really good. I, it's kind of disappointing because whenever I see Dragon Ball Z, all I see is people with yellow hair shouting and shooting lasers, and that looks really boring to me. Yeah. But Dragon Ball, the original, is just like a laugh a minute, and it's just so wild and wacky. Very different beast. But maybe I'll give a maybe I'll give this one piece a try. We were kind of thinking of starting up something, so maybe this is uh maybe this is our new watch. We'll see. Well, that's the thing. It's ridiculous, to, like to pick where to start, right? Because it's about pirates who eat weird fruit and become special super powered. But the very first episode, the very first show ever, because I watched that just to, you know for reference. It's like about Luffy and like they don't even tell a history of him. He's just there and he's like right. super strong, you know, and you're like, what? Um, so it's a hard series to get into. But like, like I said, I'm playing the game. So I got you get kind of force fed a ton of history really quickly. And so I have a bunch. I know all the characters. I know Zora. I know everybody. So I'm just kind of jumping back to the movies like backwards in gotcha. time. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Cool. All right. Well, that sounds pretty interesting. I bet a lot of people would be uh, keen on playing that one. It's fucking uh, solid, dude. It's like a nine or something, I think. I, I, it's like a very fucking good game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Bandai that. Namco has got those on lockdown. They know what they're doing when they put those together. So that doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. So One Piece Odyssey. There is that. And I was very surprised. So good job, Carlos. Yeah. Uh, last game of the show here. This is a very interesting one. This is called Broken Lines. Uh, this originally came out on PC and Switch. I mean, I want to say it was like two, three years ago, maybe even longer than that. It's been a while. Um, I didn't look up the dates, but it's been a while. Uh, this is a kind of a turn-based, kind of a real-time tactics uh, game where the story is about a group of soldiers who are flying over uh, a fictional country, and you get shot down. You didn't know what your mission was because your commander didn't tell it to you yet because it was top secret. He was going to tell you when you got there. But you get shot down, you lose the commander, and your party gets, your, your squad gets split up into two groups uh, in hostile territory. So one group you start with, they're like the rookies. All the rookies kind of fell down together and all the, all the vets fell down together in another section. 
And you got to, like, number one, meet up with your squad, try to find the commander if you can, or at least find your orders, and then execute those orders when you know what you're doing. Uh, so that's the basic setup. But the most interesting, which which I got to say is actually pretty interesting, more than, more than what I've described, because other things happen. I'm not going to spoil anything, but a lot of things happen that really make it go sideways, and a lot of things that you would expect happen... Wait, Definitely you, a lot of what? Yeah, I was going to say, did you mention it's an alternate history? Because I just saw that in the description. I don't know that it's an alternate history. It feels just very fictional to me. Well, I don't it know is. That this That's is what they're saying. Anything. The developer oh. said it. It says alternate history version of World War II. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I I mean, I don't even know. I wouldn't have even said it was World War II. It just kind of seems like fic- everybody's fictional. Oh, okay. So I don't, know, I don't know what the line is for making it alternate or not. I mean, maybe it will be revealed that we are in a real country, but I don't know that information yet. Okay. So... Who knows? I'm not sure. But so far, it just seems like fantasy, but with a World War II kind of like, you know, those type of guns, that type of yeah, equipment, yeah, yeah. kind of that time period, you know? Um, anyway, so the thing that's really, I mean, and again, the story is really interesting. I like the writing, and I think that the overall script is very, uh, it's got me very curious about what's going to happen, because a lot of stuff happens that you wouldn't expect. But anyway, uh, to get back to the gameplay, the gameplay is actually really, really fascinating. Um, it's, so you... you you, you you play the game in chunks of eight seconds, which I'm not sure that I've ever played a game, very few games that I've played of like this, where you you look at the map, it's a top-down, almost like an isometric sort of a thing. You look at your soldiers, where they're at, there's cover on the field, you know, there's rocks, hay bales, houses, whatever, and, you know, kind of like the World War II theme, like we said. So, you know, it kind of feels like you're in uh, faux German countryside or something like that. I don't know that it is Germany. I'm just, I'm just saying that for ease of description. Um, and you'll see soldiers uh, around the area. You, you can't see them when they're hiding, so you get, like, you know, fog of war going on. But you move your soldiers forward, and what you do is you tell them where to go. You put a little marker on the map, and they walk there. And then once you give everybody the orders, you start the clock, and then the clock counts down eight seconds. And you can't do, like, anything in that eight seconds. Whatever happens, happens. And so if you didn't see a guy behind a bush or something, and you walk your soldier out there... They just like start firing at each other because that's what would have happened if he had really been walking out there. Right. Like mm-hmm. um, you'll sometimes get a pause if you want to like really quickly uh, make different plans. If you spot somebody or something pops up uh, unexpectedly. But for a lot of the game, you're just like making a plan, hitting the trigger, watching the eight seconds countdown, hoping that the people that you gave the orders to follow the orders and that nothing goes sideways to help them get where they're going. It's really fascinating um to have the action be both turn-based and semi real time like that Mm. and it really makes you think about tactics in a different way where you're not doing the XCOM thing where you're moving one guy taking your shot seeing what happens then moving another guy taking your shot and seeing what happens like you're having it all happen at the same time so like you know for example if you move all your guys like you move two guys left and one guy right and then it turns out that you didn't see a bunch of guys on the right you know, you, you have to stop, but then your other guys are already committed to what they're doing. And so you're like, oh, shit, these guys are in the wrong section. Now you got to, like, make another plan to get them back over there. And you're only moving them at eight seconds at a time. So it's like, how far can I get in eight seconds? What should I do? Um, and in addition to that, you're also thinking, hold your fire or fire, run or walk or duck. And, you know, and also um, line of fire is a thing. So, like, if your friend is in the way and you fire, you, there's a good chance you're going to hit your friend. So you got to, like, take that into account, too. There's a lot of things, it's a lot of depth and richness to the moment-to-moment action. And I feel like watching those eight seconds play out is fucking hyper-stressful um, in a in a good way, if that makes any sense. Because if things go according to plan, you're like, yes, we got the drop. One guy flanked and the other guy got him. But then sometimes, you know, you didn't see a guy or a, a shot gets missed or something. Or somebody throws a grenade you weren't expecting. And you're like, oh, no. Like, 
we're screwed. I gotta, I gotta do something. And like, you know, you, you're only moving like in these chunks. Um, having everybody on your team move at the same time really gives this game a very different flavor. Um, there's very few games I can think of that have done this. There's been a couple, but not many. It's definitely not the norm. And to see them do this is just, it's, it just feels unlike anything I've played for quite a while. Um, I think the, the art style, uh, when you do it, cutscenes is like hand-drawn art, uh, just like cartoon style art, which is really good. Uh, I think it's very, um, stylized and I think it's got a good flavor to it. There's also some elements, um, I haven't fully discovered this yet because, um, knock on wood, I've been doing pretty good so far because I play a lot of tactics teams maybe, or maybe I'm just lucky. Uh, but I haven't lost anybody yet. And I'm, I think from what I can gather that if you do lose people, I think they're gone forever. And I think that it has an effect on team morale and mm -hmm. how the dynamics between the people on your team play out because between levels, you go back, you set a campfire, and then all your people talk to each other between camp. And when things are going well, which they have been for me, knock on wood, again, um, they just kind of hang out and chill. They're like, yeah, whatever, it's cool. But I, I remember from my time playing it on the Switch back in the day that I lost a couple guys, and everybody starts getting real fucking negative and real depressed and stuff. And it has effects on their effect, uh, their you know accuracy in combat and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of mechanics I haven't gotten to yet just because I haven't lost anybody yet, and hopefully I won't, but... Uh, this is a really rich, really interesting game that I think a lot of uh, tactics people should at least give a shot to. Um, I think it's really, really worth an examination. Uh, and I want to circle back a little bit because I did play this on Switch when it came out a couple years ago. I wasn't going to play it on PC because I don't play anything on PC, but I did play it on Switch. And at the time, I could see how cool it was, but it's just it's not meant for the Switch. Like the graphics were too small. The UI was too small. The environments were not rendering in properly. And it just it just was like you could just feel it's on the Switch, but it really shouldn't be on the Switch. So yeah. I, I stopped and I'm like, man, I really hope they bring this back someday because I really I felt like they were on the cusp of something really cool. And I feel like that's true. Now I'm playing it on Xbox. Um, it's gotten a little bit of an up res and stuff, but it's not uh, it, it's showing its age in terms of graphics. I think otherwise it's totally fine. Um, so if you're, I guess, a graphics snob, maybe, you know stay away but if you don't care about the graphics or if graphics are not important uh i think that the tactics and the design and the engine and the richness of it is really worth a look and i'm so glad that they they didn't uh lose this and and brought it back because i'm really enjoying it on xbox it's really tense i have to play it in short bursts because honestly it fucking stresses me the fuck out but i think in a good way like i feel really involved and i don't want to lose anybody and i'm just so careful like looking at the battlefield and thinking oh man okay like like, for real, for real, like, what would I do if I was here? Because that kind of applies. Yeah. You can't just, like, kind of horse around like you might do in XCOM or something like that. So. I was going to say, I think that's that, that's what they want to evoke, you know? Because it really seems like it's a story-driven thing. Yeah, yeah, very much story-driven as well, yeah. I also yeah. love that, like, uh, preview art, like the cartoon kind of It's uh, really art. good, yes. It's really good. Um, I like it a lot. Man, it's really cool. I, it, it's a surprise for me. You surprised me because I don't know anything about this. But it looks cool, and I do like tactical stuff when it has story-driven stuff where you care about it. You know, like, what's the characters in um, the Nintendo game? Uh, Nintendo turn-based game where you lose them. What, like uh, Fire Emblem? Fire Emblem, yeah. You know, like, yeah. I can't lose that person now. You right. Know? Restart so, the map. Can't lose that guy. Yeah. yeah. It's totally like that. Exactly. And I don't know, again, I don't know exactly what happens. I don't know if I lose somebody, if there's a chance to go back. I think that you maybe can change that in the settings. I think that on the default, and I could be mistaken, I think that on the default, I don't think you get a chance to go back. So if you want to maybe make it easier on yourself, check out the the settings in the menu 
and maybe turn that back to I do want to reset because uh, I don't think I want to lose anybody. But very story driven. Um, lots of dialogue between the characters in in the battle and also between missions. You really do um, feel for these guys and you don't want to lose them. So I think that's a great quality to bring to a game. And I'm very curious to see how the events of the story are going to play out. Seems like there's a lot of nefarious shit going on. Um, it's just a great game. It's a really great game. I mean, some people, I mean, real talk, I feel like some people might not give this game a chance because it looks a little dated. The graphics do look dated. Uh, but dude, do not let that sway you. Like, check it out. If you're a tactics head, you like the World War II stuff, the alternate history stuff, or anything like squad-based stuff, this is absolutely worth your time. Absolutely worth a look. Um, I think it's a really special game, and I'm I'm really excited about getting further into it. And it's got uh, great reviews on, uh, reviews on Steam, so check it out there. I mean, I'll probably check it out there. Yeah, Steam or Steam or the big box. Do not get it on Switch though. It's not. Yeah, it's not it meant seems to be on like Switch. you need that big screen. You do. You do. So oh, Broken the, Lines, man, I love it. Broken Lines, check it out. And also, you said knock on wood a couple of times, and uh, I wonder if you knocked on wood. I don't think you. I do. Did. I oh, am did literally. You? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm in my Game Critics West studio. I have a a six inch by eight inch wooden support load bearing beam right above my head. Okay, so I've you've seen, done it. Listen, listen, listen. There it is. You knocked on there wood. There it is. Oh, so, I did knock on wood. The uh, the origin of that is from the Celtic people. Uh, well, there's many origins, but one of them is that they believed that they could call on the spirits of the gods of the trees. Oh yeah, he's in here, man. He's yeah. In here. So you might have a tree spirit that would help. His name's you out. Jeff. He's a really nice guy. I don't hey, bother Jeff. him too much. Jeff, the tree, the Celtic tree spirit. Wait, what, right did, what, did, what did you just call him for? Just to so you will win a game. That's, yeah, well, that's what you important. called on him for. He understands. He knows I'm a gamer. We're we're okay like that. I don't bug him about anything else. Man, just like, lots of times I've called Jeff. Well, mine's not Jeff. I don't know what mine's name is. I should probably ask him or it or her. Um, wow. Wow. You got to get a level of basic respect going there, buddy. Okay, hold on. I'm going to knock and see <laughs> if it tells me what its name is. No, it's not saying anything. I think it's mad at me. But anyways, <laughs> so I'm not going to get any luck today. <laughs> Believe me, I know about that. I haven't. Uh, so anyways. Anyway. I Broken lines. Broken lines. I think Check it out. It's really great. I definitely, cool definitely stuff. recommend it so far. So, okay, cool. That's all the games we have for the show. I got a couple things um, for before we go, but before we even do that, I want to give some some shout outs really briefly for heroes, my personal heroes who have retweeted the show lately. Uh, Shinmara, thank you very much. Good old Darren Foreman, longtime personal friend and longtime writer, game critics. Thank you. Uh, Zolbrod always retweets us. Thank you very much, Zolbrod. And Len Mason, uh, who is a good friend, she is also my chicken guru. She was the person I went to for uh, all my chicken questions, chicken advice. She helped me through my chicken uncertainty. She's got chickens herself. Uh, I love Len. She's really great. So thank you, Len, for uh, retweeting the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so a couple things before we go. Carlos, you got anything before we go? Yeah, I had more, but I only have a, I have three quick uh, video things. All right, go do your three in a row, and then I'll do through my list here. Well, one of them might be the same. Uh, okay. The one that isn't the same is I've been watching a lot of Inori, which is uh, Love Wagon in English. Well, which, how do you spell it? Uh, A-I-N-O-R-I, I believe. Okay, okay. Where are you watching this at? So it's on Netflix. Uh, okay. There's two se- two seasons. Uh, I was a big fan of Terrace House. Um and I still am. Oh, is this I live action? Show. I was thinking. So anime. it's reality TV. Oh, which okay. I don't normally watch, but I watch Japanese reality TV. Um, <clears throat> I love Terrace House. I've seen every episode of every season, and so this is basically like uh, something similar where they put, uh, you know, two or was it six people in, in a van, and then they drive the van around. Uh, <laughs> 
believe me, I'm going to pull you around. I know what you're already thinking. But watch. No, I just think it sounds really funny. I mean, no, do we watch a lot of Asian TV? So I, I, I could totally see us watching. Okay, this. okay. But here, let me clarify. Okay. Yes, it sounds a little corny. They're in a van driving around, and they're also trying to like see if any of them will hook up. And if one or guy or girl decides that they like the other person, they give them a little envelope, and then the person has to decide if they want to, um, you know, start a relationship with them, and then they leave the show. So like that's the whole premise, right? But that's not really what the show's about. And this show is fucking amazing, and I hope they do another season because of this reason. I watched the whole first season or the whole season that's available mm-hmm. on Netflix, Asian Journey, and then I watched uh, the one I'm watching now is the African Journey. So what the van does is it drives through a country. So the first one drove through like, Malaysia and, and Vietnam and stuff, and the second one is is literally driving through Africa. Rwanda, all these Uganda places I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So not only is it just showing you like parts of the world, but these people, these kids are going through like, like a, it's, it's tough. Like the African one's real tough. Cause like one of the kids just got typhoid fever or whatever. Oh Jesus. Yikes. And then like they healed them up and they came back, but like it's an arduous journey, the African one, but also even the Malaysian one, um, it's, it's less about the, just them connecting and them becoming friends and stuff like that. But like uh, in Malaysia, or was it Malaysia or Vietnam or somewhere, they went to this this little town and the town was full of people who none of them get angry. <laughs> like they're all, all just right. really happy. And they're like, why are you so happy? And they'll share like moments with like families and they'll sit down and have, you know, meals with them, which I think is really important to get to know people is have a meal with them. And they'll tell them, they, they told them why they're all happy and, and how they don't hold on to grudges and all this stuff. That's one small story. Then the other one in Africa was they talked about children's soldiers and how terrible it is. And even stuff I didn't understand about how that still happens to this day where like kids are made to be soldiers and do really horrible things. And so like that was an episode and like the host, when it comes cuts back to the studio, the hosts were all crying and like it, that they just kept that moment to be real, you know, like, no, that's just fucking terrible. And these kids are also like being like shown the world, like in a lot of different perspective. So hmm. I think this show is like super special. It, yes, it has that little reality show of like, yeah, the, you know, see if they like, like each other and all those like little intimate moments. Also they're Japanese. So there is a kind of a difference in courting sure, with Japanese, sure. um, you know, young people where they are super respectful and it's not like salacious. You know, this is not um, the housewives of whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And if there's an argument, it's a true argument. And like, I, this is, I know I'm spilling a lot of stuff, but like guys like openly cry in the show and it's like totally fine. Like they'll cry about being happy. You know, like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mixture of the Japanese, like culture and society, uh, the show, the fact that they're like thrown to these insane situations, you know, because they're like traveling. It's just a holy crap, really cool show and series. Huh. And I'm so. What, what is the title of this again? This is Ainori. Um, well, look, let's look it up. Make sure we get the right name. A I N O R I. Is that what you look it up on Netflix then, Ainori. or that name? Yeah. Um, I'm going to do Love Wagon. Just look up Love Wagon. Okay. Yeah. A I N O R I, Love Wagon. The Asian Love Journey Wagon. is a great one to start with. The African Journey is tough because, again, it's very, very tough on them. But. Just like Terrace House, they'll watch some of what happened and they'll cut back to the studio and the host will talk about it, you know. Gotcha. Um, it Part of it's just fun and relaxing and like, you know, oh, he likes her and she likes him, blah, blah, blah. But the other part is like, 
it's, I didn't expect that. Like they're going to tell you about the world and it's hmm. really impressive. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. I'll mark that down. I'll run it by the fam. We're looking for a couple more shows. So that one might want, that one might be one. It's intense. Sounds interesting. It's intense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. What else you got, man? Uh, Vikings Valhalla has a new season. So I'm watching that. I like All that. Right. I don't think you're into the Vikings show, but I've not watched it now. Uh, and then a movie that I think, I think we both watched. I don't know the menu. Yeah, I just I just watched it a couple days ago. Yeah, the menu. You want to give the rundown on it? Yeah, I thought it was just going to be about cannibals. Like that's what the it feels. That's like what I thought trailer. it was too. I, it's I not. It I think it's better. Um, I know the other movie you're going to talk about, and I think it has a same similar feel. But I really liked it. I mean, again, it comes to come down to like video games and shows when you don't know what to expect. Lots of times it can be good. Um, I was expecting cannibals and not really expecting much more. But I, I like the other layer of this movie. Um, all of it's a spoiler, so I'm not going to say anything really about it. Sure. But it's just like people go to like a location to get this huge dinner experience. Um, but everything is not what it seems, of course. And there's only one character, uh, Anna. What's her name? Anna Taylor something. She has three names. That the actress? actress? Yeah. I don't know what her name Anna is. Anna Taylor sorry. something. She's the, the only one. She's like our true protagonist. She's like the one who's like not like the others, right? So she's kind of the person you're rooting for in this like suspense, suspenseful. Yeah, yeah. It's like Get Out, right? It's like Get Out, but kind not of, yeah. about uh, you know the African American uh, frustration right. and white people and all that kind of classism and stuff. It's more about um, it's a little bit about classism and a little bit about you know power and stuff like that. But it's also about just darkness and bad things that happen yeah. to people well let me let me add a little bit to this because i yeah we did just watch it and i thought it was really it wasn't what i thought it was also really good it was also really weird um it wasn't a perfect movie i mean there was a few things that i you know i took some issue with but not just and definitely not to spoil anything but like you said um it's about this group of people who go to extremely like high-end fancy-ass restaurant um and in fact uh it was actually partially based on a restaurant that's here in washington um, not near me, but it's kind of over in the uh, San Juan Islands, uh, I believe. Um, so kind of somewhat based on that. But, you know, you hear about those like three star Michelin restaurants where everybody takes things fucking super seriously. Yeah. And it costs like a thousand dollars a plate to go. And they serve you like uh, a yellow schmear on a blue plate. And that's like your main course or some shit. Yeah. You know, like the really high end bullshit dining. They're joking um, that in this in this movie a lot. Yes. That's yes. Part of they it. take they they take quite a piss on. Um, you know, the high end dining of like the really like ultra, ultra elite where they're doing like food science, where they're using like cryogenically frozen quail eggs and shit like that. So as as someone who spends a lot of time on food and who knows about food and cooks food, I thought the movie was fantastic from that perspective because they were really poking a lot of fun at those restaurants, which I have no real respect for. I mean, yeah, it's cool to like learn science about food and do neat things, but like the the price and the snootiness and the ridiculousness of that whole thing they really lampoon it like they have a, a restaurant critic who talks about that and I, my wife and i were just like rolling like how how ridiculous can you be like this was like restaurant critic to the nth degree right. like you know stuck up foodie to the nth degree like it's really kind of a parody of those things in some ways but it's also not and you're right um the protagonist of the movie is a person who gets who gets invited to the restaurant but they're not supposed to be there it's kind of an accident how they get there and that kind of 
sets the tone for what happens. Which is it's great. Not say anything else, yeah. Because is, then yeah. you can be that person. You know, you, you, oh, yeah, you're in totally. the eyes of what she's going through. Totally. She um, ends up being the person who's calling bullshit the way that we were calling bullshit on our couch, and it was really exactly. Fun yeah, that, you yeah. want that person. Not this is a really interesting tangent, but like how I liked um, the main character in Prey, the original Prey, where he would see aliens, and you know, in the video game, you want him to be like that's fucking crazy. And like the character would say, that's fucking crazy. You know, exactly. like, like that's what you want. The other thing, by the way, someone made this comparison, not me, but I'm going to borrow it. They said, uh, it's very much like Willy Wonka, which it is because if you think about it, that's kind of a minor spoiler though. But the idea is like a bunch of people are going to this place, not knowing what to expect. And you know, may- maybe some semi bad things are going to happen. Um, so anyways, yeah, there's kind of yeah. an interesting parallel. It's there. a cool movie. I watched it on, what was it, Hulu or something? Where, where did we HBO, watch it? HBO, it's on HBO now. HBO, yeah. For, for yeah, if you have HBO, you can check it out there. Ralph Fiennes is the uh, the main, yep. I, don't, I guess maybe the biggest name attached to the movie. And then that lady you said, she was in um, Queen's Gambit, I think. Yep. Is that the lady? Yeah, 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 yeah she's yeah, been yeah. in everything right. now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. All right. so it's definitely worth a watch. Very interesting. I really stuff. like it. I think it's, yeah, yeah fun, weird watch. Um, so that's a few things for me. Uh, and I know the one that you're talking about is very similar to that. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. The the thirteen or something. Uh, no triangle. Um, what's the one? Aren't you talking about the? Well, you just go. I'll say after. Oh, okay. (laughs) You'll remind me of what I'm supposed to talk about. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna look it up. What I think. I'm gonna go through these really quickly. So we watched Strange World, which is the new Disney movie that they gave basically zero press to at all. Uh, But I thought it was really good. It was a, a family movie, of course, as Disney movies are animated. It's about a. Uh, a lot of dad issues, like, you know, having a father that you maybe don't agree with and how does that affect you as a person growing up and then how does that affect you when you have kids? Um, so that's an issue that I can easily relate to. Uh, but in general, it was really cool. It was like lots of fantasy, lots of adventure. Uh, it was very um, inclusive and positive. It was uh, a white dad married to a black mom and their kid was obviously gay and everybody was fine with that. And then there were other... Um, other representations as well the dog had was like missing a leg and there was a you know whatever it was like there was a little something for everybody in there everybody could find a character to attach to and i thought it was really well done and cute Hmm. we had a good time watching that so that was good thumbs up and i i feel bad that um, people are saying it was this huge disaster but honestly disney didn't really push it at all like they didn't really i mean they made it they sunk millions of dollars into that animation but for whatever reason didn't feel the need to really advertise it at all so i feel like they set it up for failure which is bullshit because i thought it was a pretty good movie so Hmm. strange world um we just watched matilda the musical are you familiar with matilda i just seen the memes everywhere so i don't know people are making like you know memes of different songs behind them dancing that's all i I didn't even know where those memes were from and then i watched the movie i'm like oh shit this is all those memes they're all in this movie right here yeah i didn't know what it's from but basically matilda is a really famous book from roald dahl i believe and it's about a girl who has shitty ass parents and she's in a shitty ass situation and she eventually develops like telekinesis or something like kind of a you know magical realism element into it but the songs were really good um i thought it was really funny Uh, i didn't know anything much about it other than she had telekinesis and uh lots of nice surprises good moments uh really fun really fun family movie all the way through really enjoyed it and uh the main actress in that Oh, gosh. I don't even know what her name is. Um, it's blanking. She's a blonde, really famous. Uh, we'll never know. We'll never Kate, know. Kate Blanchett? It might be Kate Blanchett. She is unrecognizable in her role. Like, my wife is like, oh, that's Kate Blanchett. I'm like, what? I did not even know that it was her because she's dressed up as, like, the main villain of that movie. Mm. And she's just like, wow. Like, it was 
very shocking to see her in that role. So it's a good movie. Good movie. If you like, if you like musicals, good songs. If you like Matilda, I think this is a good interpretation of it. I liked it a lot. Uh, we finished up Alice in Borderland season two on Netflix. Uh, it was okay. Um, I think I like season one better. Season two is a little bit more thoughtful, a little bit slower. And the ending, I was really wondering what they were going to do to end it. And it ended. And people tell me that's exactly how the manga ended. So that's it's true to form, which is fine. But I was like, oh, mm, man. That's uh. unfortunate. If, if, and this is just me. I know some people disagree with me. But I think the first season of Alice in Borderland is fucking dynamite. And I would, my suggestion would be watch Alice in Borderland season one and just stop. Stop just right stop. there because yeah. the ending of season one, basically perfect. It leaves leaves you in the right headspace. It leaves you with the right questions. And then I feel like that's that's all you really need to know and stop right there. And but, that's fine. We have so much shit to watch anyhow. Just do that. Yeah, yeah. we do. We have that. Um, we're, we, we finished Outlaws season one on Amazon. Outlaws is awesome, dude. Are you watching the Outlaws? Yeah, we talked about it last time. Yeah, did I didn't finish it? it. I didn't finish it, but You yeah. didn't care for it, right? No, I did. I mean, I th- you did? that was fun. Yeah, I like all the characters and the, the actors in it and stuff. So. Oh, man. We're on season two, and I love this cast so much. It is so fun. This show is so good. Stephen Merchant is doing such a good job of the writing. Um, lots of political stuff, lots of current stuff. But the group, the main cast, is just getting together so well. And the way that they play off each other is just really, really good. I love Outlaws Season 2, so definitely recommend that. I'm going to go back to it. We watched uh, Slashback, which is one I recommended to you a couple weeks ago. It's about the indigenous girls at the n- southern end of the Arctic Circle. Did you ever watch that? I didn't. It is a, it's a movie. Like I just said, it's about uh, an indigenous filmmaker from uh, spitting distance from the Arctic Circle, uh, the top edge of Canada, made this movie in this village. I believe the village where she's from with people who actually live in the village. So there's no like professional actors in it. And it shows. I mean, they're not great actors, but whatever. No big deal. I think they do a great job considering. And they show what life is like in this tiny ass village. And all of a sudden, like monsters show up. And then what do you do? with these monsters. It's really fun. Mm. The, the, the movie centers around these four um, indigenous girls who are all like 12 and 13 and they kind of take matters into their own hands. Um, you know, it's got some rough spots. It's obviously low budget and it's obviously like non-professional actors, but man, what a fucking fun film. And so cool that they did it all right there. Like you just feel like the authenticity of the situation and the authenticity of what's happening. Uh, really, really cool thing. Definitely needs some support. I would love to see this person uh, make another film and, and keep doing things like this. I think it's just a great window into a slice of life that we basically never see. Yeah. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, Which is good. Of- and just like similar to that um, love wagon, it's like we need people need to see more about what's going on around them. Exactly, exactly. Slight tangent. Um, 1899 got canceled. Did you hear that? Did we talk yes, about this? Yes, I can't believe it. I'm pretending it's not real. It oh seems my God. insane to me. Netflix can get fucked right now. They are canceling so much shit that does not need to get canceled. I mean, I know you liked 1899 more than I did, but I liked it. And we were looking forward to season two, especially the way that it ends in season one. No spoilers. But I'm like, wow, well, they really set that up. Uh, we're never going to finish that story. Fuck that. And also um, Dead End just got canceled, which is a super positive, queer friendly cartoon. Uh, written by Hamish Steele that we really liked a lot. Really funny, really timely, really good stuff. They had planned it as a trilogy, and now they're going to cut it off at season two. Fuck off! Finish the goddamn trilogy! Oh, it's pissing me off so bad. Uh, They're canceling a lot of stuff right now, and I just don't understand why they bother, because why would you invest the money if you're expecting every single thing to be like some kind of viral hit? You're never going to make sense like that. Like you got to build an audience, and I'm just, oh man, every week, new cancellations is fucking killing me, man. 
Um, we watched two more things and I'm done. We watched Beast with Idris Elba. Have you seen that one? No. And the thing that I talked about, I'm guessing you didn't see. So now I'm going to I'll bring it up after. But what is Beast? Uh, it's the one where he takes his kids to Africa to visit the village where his wife is from. Uh, fictional, of course. And uh, he goes out in the bush with his friend and they get trapped by a rogue lion that's out there. And so they're, oh, um, they have a lot of trouble. It's him and his two girls and his friend. And they're in the jungle and it's dark. And the lion is just going ham on these guys. Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's not the, you know, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it kind of has Cujo vibes to it a little bit. If anybody's familiar with that yeah, movie yeah. from back in the day, uh, so the special effects, I will say were pretty cool. That lion was really believable in a lot of those scenes. And there's one scene at the end where I'm like, Oh man, this looks so rough. Like I'm not going to spoil, but we were, we were all kind of cringing on the couch a little bit, uh, but it was all right. If you want a little kind of straightforward, uh, you know, Idris Elba, he's good in everything that he's in. He's a great actor. And, uh, seeing this line go crazy on people out in, in uh, Africa was kind of cool. You know, the, the, the land-based version of a shark movie, I guess, basically. So, All right. I got one more thing, but you want to give your thing first or you want to go last? Uh, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. Do your thing. What was the thing I was so supposed to talk I, about? Uh, it was Triangle of Sadness. I don't know why I thought you mentioned it. Did I you? don't even know what that is. Oh, so then you didn't mention it. So another one of my friends mentioned it. Okay. Uh, anyways, oh, I saw, I saw Emily the Criminal, too. Did I mention that? I don't know what that is either. Fuck. Aubrey Plaza. It's so good. It's on Netflix. Such a short, great little movie about people and also kind of talking about our times, not being able to like afford rent and afford uh, anything. And she's kind of pushed into the life of crime. And it's very fucking good. And I think she produced it, which is really exciting. Okay. Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza, Emily the Criminal. I just mentioned it because I just saw it on my screen. But the other one is, uh, and I'm going to watch this maybe tonight. It's called Triangle of Sadness. Um, it's on Amazon for rent, you know, $5. Okay. And Movie? It, TV series? Movie. What is it? Movie. Okay. I forgot that what the director did, but um, Woody Harrelson is in, in it for some reason. And everybody else is like, you probably didn't hear about. You don't You know, don't know the names, recognizable names. Um, I'm going to feel bad. Ruben Ostlund is his name, the director. Anyways, so... It's a, a movie about classism as well. That's why I was referencing the menu, where oh, okay. it's about a boat, uh, some sort of cruise ship or ship or something, and you know all these kind of like rich people on it, and some craziness starts happening with the boat, and it might be in trouble. You know, think Titanic or something, and then you kind of like that's all I'll say because I actually don't know the ending myself either. Okay, but it's really about like reporting on uh, you know poverty, classism, rich people. All that kind of stuff, and gotcha. um, and oh, and Marxism, and uh, wow, socialism, okay. and I think communism, um, and so yeah, it's a lot of stuff, but with comedy and on a boat. A little bit of something for everybody in that one. Oh my goodness, dude! I, it's up your alley, dude. I mean, that's I'll why check I it out. I have never heard reason. of it. I'll have to check it out. Triangle. Of Rent last it thing I'm gonna bring on up. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. Okay. Last thing I'm gonna bring up. Uh, you know, I talk about He Man and Masters of the Universe all the time. Um, my, I haven't seen the Masters of the Universe live action movie with Dolph Lundgren for quite a while. Um, my my son and I were kind of going through. He's a big He Man fan as well, and so we were going through all the all the different series, all the different various cartoons. We've seen literally everything um, except for this. And so it was the only the only media property we hadn't engaged with yet. Because as a kid, I remember hating it. I remember being really disappointed, being like, "What the fuck is this? What's happening?" Where is Battle Cat? What's he? Why does He Man look like that? What, what's going on? Mm. And just being really like WTF, bro. Like I don't think this is what I expected. I don't think it's what anybody expected back then, right? 
So I haven't watched it since then. Um, 89 or 90 or 90, whatever it was, pretty early. I mean, 86, 87. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, this is the one thing we have left. I guess we're going to watch it and see what happens. And I was ready for it to be terrible. And we were going to like maybe MST 3K our way through it or something. But actually, I was pretty surprised because um, I actually really ended up liking it. I think that time and experience and distance have kind of given it a different lens. Um, so to to paint the picture, this is the, the live action He-Man movie. But it's not really based on the cartoon. It's kind of its own thing. And honestly, it seems more like a variation of Star Wars more than it does of He-Man. It's got He-Man characters, some of the themes, Castle Grayskull, Eternia, Skeletor, but really it feels more like a Star Wars movie than it does a He-Man movie. And if you're okay with that, accept it for what it is, then it kind of works. Um, it's interesting because I was very much like classic He-Man growing up, but my son has been exposed to classic He-Man, uh, 2000X He-Man. We had the CG He-Man. He watched classic she We've got the Netflix she He's seen so many different iterations of the property that his brain was already predisposed to accepting something different already, right? He wasn't locked into classic He-Man the way that I was when I was 12 or whatever. So he was more open and accepting of stuff. And so when we started watching the movie, he's like, why'd you say this was terrible, Dad? He's like, this is pretty good. I'm like, you know what? It is pretty good. I'm fucking wrong. And you're right. So I well, guess that just shows me. It's because when we were kids and we saw it, we, we were expecting something different. Exactly. Right? We were expecting something very different. We didn't have social media. We didn't have video on demand. We didn't have exposure to a lot of these things. And my son growing up has had exposure and so he he is much more inclined to sample these things and see things for what they are rather than expectations, which is great. I mean, I think it's a great way to be. And it just kind of it reflected on me as like, wow, that, you know, it really shows where my head is at these days in comparison to where it was back then. But yeah. the movie has Dolph Lundgren, which, to be frank, he, he's not really in the movie that much. Like, I kind of expected more out of him. He's he's um, he's in there and he's definitely he man. But um, the other actors do a great job. Frank Langella, who's a legit actor kills it as Skeletor dude he's really good as Skeletor I never appreciated how good he was um we also have uh, uh Meg Foster as Evelyn she does a great job she's a great Evelyn um I'm like wow you did a great job Meg Foster I realize you're a great actor so of course you're going to do a great job but like I'm just ex- 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 appreciating her performance way more and also uh a surprise appearance by Courtney Cox everyone's favorite friend I was like whoa forgot you're even in this I totally Weird. caught me by surprise anyway I just want to say it wasn't the train wreck at all that I remembered it being because now my expectations are so different. We had a great time. Um, if you want an 80s themed, you know, Star Wars ish kind of movie or this really pretty radical take on Masters of the Universe. It was pretty good. I think it was uh, it was pretty good. I, I think uh, I'm glad that we came back to it. and I think I have a new appreciation for it. So. Cool. Weird. There we but go. Cool. There we go. That's all I got. Carlos, anything else? That's it. Wrap it up. All right, wrap it up. Here we go, folks. We want your questions. We want your comments. Thanks again for listening, by the way. Hit us up, Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at games. We're on Instagram, at Podcast. You can hit Carlos up individually. Uh, where, are you, where are we sending your people this week, Carlos? Nowhere. Nowhere. Just Nowhere. Listen to the podcast. Just listen to the podcast, okay? Well, you, you've already got that covered, so here you are. Good job. Uh, as for me, same as always on Twitter, on Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. Also on co-host, not very active, but on co-host. And actually, there's a new one called Spoutable launching pretty soon, which seems to have a lot of the people I follow excited. We'll see what we'll see what happens with that one. Uh, so maybe keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, that's going to be it for this episode. This is episode 319. Thank you again for joining us here on the Soviet Games podcast. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. See, that works. <laughs>